Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to another Learn English with Football live show. And this is game week two. And as always, we've got three fantastic guests. One of them is coming back. He appeared last week. That's Joel. <laughs> Joel. Hey, guys. Joel, good to have you back. An Arsenal fan. How have you been? Yes, All good? good to be back. It's good. Yeah, it's been good. It was a great weekend again. Uh, just hoping to keep it up. You know, for the next uh, couple of months, I guess. But a great two games, great two weeks for Arsenal. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about that. Thanks for, thanks for making it today. Uh, our usual Arsenal fan, Rup, is still in India. So it's it's really helpful that you are here, Joel. Thank you very much. And we do appreciate your expertise as always. And then we've got Clive here. Hi, Clive. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm great. I'm great. So just like Joel, uh, just like last week when I said on the show that I'd met Joel, it's the same with Clive. We need to mention this, Clive. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. We met up in London at Stratford. Yeah. Um, gave you a little tour of the um, the local wildlife. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, we we, uh, we met up. We had a drink in the Carpenter's Arms, which is a real staunch um, West Ham pub. And then we went along to the stadium, to the stadium store. Yeah. And purchased some items, one of which was this top I wear now. Yeah, you also, yeah, you took me to the merchandise store and I, I, could, mm. I couldn't help, even though I'm an Arsenal fan, I couldn't help buying this shirt. And I was like, how am I going to do it so that it's not too provocative or let's say it's not, I, I'm not betraying my club. Well, the, I decided to buy the, let's say the second, the, the, the less prominent color, right? The second color, which is the blue. I mean, claret is a little bit more prominent on, it's on the yeah. first shirt, right? So I was like, I'm going to buy this one. And today I'm wearing this to support West Ham because I need, I know they need my help, Clive. <laughs> We need everybody to help. <laughs> okay. And, and last but not least, obviously this is your channel down there, yeah? Clive's YouTube yeah, channel, Green Street Elite, if anybody wants to subscribe. Um, it's a channel dedicated to um, West Ham, to the club. And it's, it's more to by... the fans than the club, actually, to be fair. Yeah. It's more dedicated to football fans rather than the club itself. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, and last but not least, we've got Jack here, but not the same Jack from last week. <laughs> we, have got, we had another Jack, a Brighton fan. But today, this is the first time ever we've got a Tottenham fan on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Real <laughs> controversial, two Arsenal fans and a, and, a, and a West Ham fan. But no, it's good to be here. Nice to meet you all. Looking forward yeah, to likewise about the weekend's action. Likewise. And it's very brave of you to come here and, <laughs> you know, respect, respect. Yeah, and... no, we're, we're, we made a strong start to the season, so I can show <laughs> <my face. laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay, so um, as always, whoever is watching this live, you guys feel free to post any comments, leave any comments, get involved in the super chat, yeah, ask us questions, or the questions that we are asking each other here, you can also answer them in the chat, of course, but without further ado, we're gonna move on to the first usual segment, which is the matches we have seen. Okay. 
Okay, so this this is segment this is a segment where we just simply list the matches we saw. Sometimes it's just for some people it's just one match. Some some people have only seen the highlights. That's fine too. Whichever one it is, we want to know. So we're gonna start with Joel. Yeah, well, I caught all the games last week, but this week I was a bit more uh, strapped for time. So I got the Arsenal game, Arsenal versus Leicester, and uh, most of the City game against Bournemouth. And a little bit a little bit of Chelsea Tottenham, but not a lot. Okay. How about Clive? Uh, obviously, I uh, watched West Ham. Well, not, not Forest West Ham. Um, that was a given. I was going to watch that. Um, I did also watch the Chelsea game afterwards, Chelsea Tottenham game. Um, quite an interesting game, that one. Probably, for me, one of the better games of the weekend to watch as a neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't help but watch the um, Manchester United game. <laughs> Let's all laugh at Man United. Yeah, exactly. That's why we are here tonight, yeah? <laughs> One of the reasons. And yeah. Jack, how about you? Yeah, I watched uh, Villa-Everton, which was the Saturday lunchtime game, and then watched United's... Uh, Collapse at Brentford on Saturday evening, which was good fun, and then obviously watched no. the no. game on Sunday afternoon. So, um, I've just realized I didn't really talk about your website, Jack. So, you are an English teacher, I am, I am an English teacher. Yeah, that's my that's my personal website for my yeah. uh, tutoring business. So, yeah, one to one group classes, writing feedback, all the information on the website there. Fantastic. This is probably the only reason. You've been invited onto the show because you are a teacher. I mean, you have to stick together despite yeah. our differences. We feel like we're on our first day at school. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say it's been difficult, yeah, to, to finally... If we finally have, have a Spurs fan, so it's been difficult for me to invite you, but, you know, you're it's here. It's of you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, do you know what? I, I'm using this StreamYard, and I don't know why the names are not showing. I'm, I'm, I, I need to click something somewhere, but um, I don't know. But in, anyway, it's not, it's not an issue, I guess. Uh, so, I saw a lot of games again. Uh, the first one was the Aston Villa-Everton game. That was the early Saturday game. Then I uh, watched the Arsenal-Leicester game. And after that, just like Clive, I couldn't help but watch Brentford, Manchester United. And then on Sunday, I saw both games. So Nottingham Forest, West Ham and Chelsea Tottenham. And I agree that was probably the most entertaining game. It was. Um, it was really cool. Yeah. And obviously, we shouldn't forget tonight, right after our show, there's another game. Um, yeah, Liverpool, uh, Crystal Palace. FPL points to come. <laughs> I'm hoping, I'm hoping for the same, yeah. I right. just have to say, as much as I'm a West Ham fan, I absolutely love Gabriel Jesus this week. 38 beautiful points for my fancy <laughs> Premier League. We're going to talk about this uh, at the end of the at the end of the show, yeah, Clive? <laughs> but okay, no problem. I understand your excitement because I honestly, yeah. that was a haul. I think we call it a haul for FPL managers. <laughs> yeah, Gabriel Jesus. Okay, so let's move on to um, to game week highlights. 
So which one do we start with? Which game happened first? I guess we're going to discuss our teams first. So I think we're going to start with Arsenal. That was the first game of the, us, the fans. So, uh, Joel, or yeah. to win a comfortable performance from Arsenal? Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty comfortable performance in the end. Um, you know, obviously you would have liked them to be a little tighter at the back. You know, just got a little sloppy in the second half. Um, Ramsdale didn't give away a penalty, but he almost did. And, you know, you couldn't really have complained if that was even given. You know, it was not a lot of contact, but, you know, you've seen those kind of penalties given before. So it's um, it, it's still a great performance, though, especially, as Clive said, from Jesus. I don't play fantasy, but, I mean, he was incredible, uh, you know, at the weekend. I mean, two goals, two assists. You know, he's looking he, – he pretty much looked like he's looking preseason. Um, and obviously, he was a great player for City, uh, but, you know, he even looks sharper now, quicker, better finisher than he was even when he was with the champions. So – you know, I'm just really encouraged by what I saw from him. Um, you know, and offensively, you know, you really had the same pretty good story from anyone from Arsenal. Um, you know, Odegaard, Saka, even Shaka, Granite Shaka played uh, really far forward last, uh, on, yeah. on Saturday. He really was in the box a lot, which was quite odd. But he did some damage there and he scored. So, you know, that was really quite surprising to see. But in he general... Got, he the- got an assist as well. I think he has yeah, an he assist did. and a goal. And I, I yeah. think that he, he had another chance as well. That was a surprise, yeah. Granny Chaka. Really, he really seems to be in great in a great form at the start of the season. So, what do you guys think about Gabriel Jesus? So, um, fantasy yeah, football was... aside, Clive, fantasy football <laughs> aside, yeah, um, isn't he a fantastic signing for Arsenal? What do you think? Absolutely, quality signing for Arsenal. Um, Joel mentioned that he wasn't such a great player for City but then you know without sounding rude without meaning to sound rude he's a bigger fish in a smaller pond at Arsenal Um, and with the players that he had around him at Manchester City it was very difficult to become you know the big shark in the water if you want Um, whereas at sorry at Arsenal he has um he has some great players around him, don't get me wrong. Um, but he seems to be able to um, display his talent a little more easily, freely. And uh, two goals and two assists, that's no mean feat. No mean feat at all. Um, and in a league game such as the league that we're in, that's a great stat. And yeah, more power to Arsenal because they've signed a fantastic player there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, Jack, uh, the pundits, they actually say that Tottenham also made great signings. So would you agree that both Arsenal and Tottenham seem to have done really well on transfer market? Yeah, I think we've had a a great window so far. Very happy with our business. I think Arsenal have done good business as well. I think Jesus is 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 a shrewd signing. He's already established in the league. He's proven quality there was very little risk of him not working out joining another top premier league team and it's not really a surprise to see that he's hit the ground running because he he showed his quality at man city but as clive said he just didn't 
he wasn't a regular. He didn't have the chance to to play ninety minutes every week like he will at Arsenal. So, um, I'll be honest. I think our squad is stronger, but Jesus is the one signing, the one player that makes me slightly worried that Arsenal <laughs> will be better this season. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, it's kind of the marquee signing, isn't it? Yeah, um, but we'll see. We'll see. There's still still question marks at the back for Arsenal. So we'll you still see. have Antonio Conte. Come on. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk more about Conte. How long for after yesterday? <laughs> we'll talk more about Conte. I'm sure. Yeah, we will for sure. Joel, so uh, Saliba scored an own goal, uh, quite an unfortunate one. It was a bit of a fluke. Um. But the reaction from the fans was brilliant, wasn't it? They started clapping and cheering and supporting him. How do you yeah. see that? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, well, for one thing, it's good to see an Arsenal player, uh, you know, not fighting with the fans. And, um, you know, it was a little bit tumultuous last season. So um, it was an own goal. It wasn't the worst own goal I've ever seen. It wasn't the best. But, you know, I think that was kind of the, the, applaud, the applause was kind of um, a recognition of the fact that. You know, the last 180 minutes or so, the last two games, he played very well. He's been pretty solid. So, you know, conceding a fluky own goal in the game that you're probably going to win isn't the worst thing um, for him. And he's settled in very well. And, you know, it's just great to see Arsenal have even options at the back um, because I think Ben White was playing right back most of the game. Um, I think Tommy Asu's out and a couple other, you know, right back players are out. So to see him, you know, see, like, Arsenal have... You know, they can have Saliba there, they can have Ben White, they can have, you know, a number of other players play centre back and still have that same quality, something that you you know you haven't really seen in recent years at Arsenal. So yeah. it's a great it's a great thing. And I think um, you know, just as they get more and more used to playing with each other, because most of those goals, like a couple of the goals that yesterday came from mistakes, you know, they get more cohesive as a unit. I think they'll, you know, they'll cut down on those and maybe you know, have maybe a city like Liverpool, like the fans, maybe, but you know, that's mm. open. <laughs> just open yeah. for a lot. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I would like, yeah. I w okay. Go on. Sorry. Go on. I just wanted to say the other thing about Gabriel Jesus settling in so well at Arsenal, you have to remember, he's been at Man City for a number of years, and Mikel Arteta was number two to Pep Guardiola at Man City for some time. So they will have already have been familiar with each other. Mm -hmm. So working together would have been a lot easier for them to than it would have been perhaps for many other managers that are bringing in players. So, Absolutely. you know, that kind of helped him to, uh, you know, settle in so quickly. And as I said, more, more power to them for it because it was brilliant signing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, um, simple question for Jack. So are you, are you afraid of Arsenal this season then? Because like, in the recent years, we haven't been able to celebrate this St. Totterings Totterings. Yeah, day well, you, you, it's been so long, you've, you can't even remember what, what it's called. <laughs> it's, been, it's been six years since, since unfortunately it's you guys true. have celebrated this, this very sad day. But The uh, only consolation is that you haven't won anything in that time, but that's yeah, the only yeah, little yeah. consolation. <laughs> we, uh, we look very strong again. We were we were really good the second half of last season, and I think there's no reason why we won't continue that form this season. The squad is stronger, Conte is, is more settled. Um, I'm not worried about Arsenal. I think 
you know, they're, they're, they're clearly a good team. You know, it was close last season, but um, they have to contend with European football this season as well, which they didn't last year. There's more fixtures. Um, Great I, point. I still think their their backup is, is, is not as strong as it could be. You know, if there's injuries to players like Jesus, for example, then there's... Wait, don't worry, we... we... Yeah, if Jesus is injured, we still have Mohammed. Don't worry, we have Mohammed <laughs> El Nani. So yeah, you have you have um, Nketiah as that well. Be considered blasphemous, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't. Know. I mean, it, it's obviously always always one of the things to look out for every season. Is you know, do we finish above Arsenal? Um, but yeah, you know, six, okay. six six in a row now. So hopefully, you know, make it seven. Yeah, I would like to ask Clive. So. Obviously, I mean, it's, it's clear that our draw, Arsenal's draw, is, is an easy draw. The first few fixtures on paper, easy games, compared to, for example, West Ham. Because mm. first you had City, that's... That doesn't that's mean, it's, like, it's, it's a free hit, yeah, let's be honest. Yeah, for any team, for any team I mean, not just for West Ham, right? Yeah, they're going to be the champions again this season, without doubt. <laughs> now they've got that monster in the number nine shirt. Nobody's got a chance. You are you referring to Erin Haaland? Uh, yeah, I can't even say his name without feeling ill. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's sickening that they got a player of that quality. Yeah. I mean, okay, I did get a little fed up last week when all the media talk was about how great Erling Haaland was, um, but. Um, yeah, he was good. He was damn good. And he showed why he's worth that money. You know, yeah. Yeah. He, he is. Uh, and even though he didn't score yesterday, uh, sorry, uh, Saturday, yeah. even though he didn't score, his assist was impeccable. Hmm. Sat on his backside in the box, yeah. making assist. Okay. I didn't actually see it. But anyway, to finish my point, so your second game, Nottingham Forest away. They are back in the league after 23 years. It's a tough game, you know. It's a tough it's, game as well. Incredibly tough game to call. Um, yeah. When you consider that, A, the whole club have got a point to prove. It's been many years since they've tasted this kind of competition. Exactly. Uh, so they have a point to prove as a club. And then individually, you also have a really dangerous player in Jesse Lingard. Sure. And I, I can say that quite honestly with, you know, experience of having watched him in our shirt. Um, the player, he, he had a point to prove also. Um, he needed to prove why he had chosen them over us. Fortunately for West Ham, he didn't make his point as clearly as he would like to have done. Uh, but we did lose the game. Um, we're going to talk about it later, Clive. Yeah. Sorry. We're going to talk about the game later for sure. So I just wanted to finish this kind of comparison, Joel. So yep. on the other hand, Arsenal, they have a really easy run of fixture, fixtures at the beginning of the season. Is that is that, an, is that an advantage for us that we can sort of build momentum at the beginning of the season and then that will be easier for us? Um, you know, it feels like an advantage. Um, you know, I think every year some manager always complains about the, the fixture list. So I think it was Klopp last year. Arsenal had a pretty tough fixture list as well last year. Uh, but 
even if you go really far back, I remember even Arsene Wenger when he first got into the league, he was also complaining about Arsenal's fixture list. So I'm not sure if it makes a difference in the sense that last year Arsenal started out pretty like pretty rough. But then, um, you know, they really should have made the top four if they didn't kind of falter at the end. So that kind of cohesion, like, did come together anyway. So it, I think it depends. You just don't want to lose. You, don't, you you can lose those first couple of games. You just don't want to play really badly, you know. Yeah. And Arsenal lost those first couple of games last year. We didn't play particularly badly. Whereas you look at United now. I mean, they don't, one, they don't even have a tough fixture list right now. You know, they'll play Liverpool next week, but... I mean, Brentford and Brighton are not, you know, world leaders. So, um, but just the way they've played in those last two games keeps a lot of pressure on the manager, saps a lot of confidence from the team. So I think Arsenal being able to play as well as they have done, you know, in these first couple of games will help them. But they can't, if they're not able to sustain against bigger teams, against a tougher fixture, look, this, that might, you know, a bit of self-doubt might uh, begin to creep in at that stage. Yeah, and it's maintaining that momentum for the whole season as well. Yeah. yeah, you need to do that, and you know, and like you alluded to earlier on, without a depth of squad, it's very difficult, very, very difficult. Mm. Exactly. Well, without uh, before I ask Clive about his game, Jack, did you see the? I forgot. I forgot. You probably said it. Did you see the West Ham game or not? No, I didn't watch the West Ham. So, what did you think when you saw the result? Were you surprised, or was this expected? The, of the West Ham result. A little bit surprised. I mean, West Ham, strong team. They, you know, they they had a really good season last season. Um, but as you say, Forest. I feel like playing away at one of the promoted teams early in the season is is not when you want to play them because look, look at Fulham. They, they, they've still got they look at Arsenal last season with Brentford. Arsenal yeah. last season, this season, yeah. Fulham. What they did to Liverpool as well. Yeah, there's yeah. so much. Positivity, the the atmosphere at the at their stadium is is, is just going to be you know. It feels electric. like so anything that yeah, yeah, they kind of have nothing to lose, and it's like yeah. any you know, they can and, only win, uh, right? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like we, I, we I think win, lose or draw, it's a win for them, really, isn't it? Yeah. Forest have made a lot of signings, and um, they're clearly going for it, right? They're not. Then they're. they're, they're they're here to stay. So, yeah, that'd be a tough game for, for anyone. Yeah. Clive, so let's let's do this. So, okay. zero points after two games. The City game doesn't count because everyone is going to lose against them. Maybe no bar, bar Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> having said that, having said that, we played against Man City in the, on the opening day of the season for us. Uh, and we lost 2-0. Three, four years ago, that would have been a 5-6-0 drubbing for us. That's true. That. So we've massively improved over the last five or six years. Yeah. So that's, that, you know, that just gives us a little bit of confidence for the rest of the season. Now, we move on to yesterday's game. Well, as I said, you know, look at what happened to Arsenal last season with Brentford. So nobody should take it for granted that if you're going to play against a promoted side on early part of the season, that you're guaranteed a result. There is no guarantee. No. Um, we kind of went out there yesterday with a guarantee in our back pocket that was literally taken out and torn up. A um, couple of dodgy refereeing decisions, 
which is standard for most games these days. And uh, no, I'm not really going to put too much on that. I do, however, feel that both goals that were dis- disallowed, the West Ham goal and the Notts Forest goal, I do believe that they should have had a better look at it because I think there was more to it. And I think that either or both of those decisions could have stayed as goals. I really do believe that. And there is more to come when we discuss the Chelsea Spurs game, oh, right? God, but, yeah. I, okay. I, I just asked um, why, um, why Declan Rice is on penalties instead yeah. of one of the well, It is one of the question on my list. One of the questions on my list, exactly that. Okay, okay. So uh, one of the questions that probably 90% of the West Ham faithful are asking as well. Mm. So, to be fair, the club captain at West Ham traditionally and generally gets uh, penalty um, responsibility. However, Declan Rice isn't a penalty taker. Clearly, he's not. He's not Mark Noble. He's never going to be Mark Noble. Um we do have three or four other players in our squad that have been there a number of years or a couple of seasons or more that are far more suited to that job than Declan Rice. The fact that he's the club captain is the reason he was given the ball to, to place. That's yeah. all I can tell you. Well, hopefully, hopefully now they will realize that at West Ham and they will not put him on penalties anymore because... Well, I'm hoping that it's going to be Declan Weiss himself that says, look, Gaffer, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I think you need a better penalty taker than me to do this. And I'm pretty sure that that probably will be the case because, you know, not only is Declan Weiss a very good player, he's also a really, really decent fella. Okay. You know, oh. and he... He he is he's he, he's a West Ham player at this moment in time. He's a West Ham player. And while he wears this shirt, he will always work for this club. And yeah. you know, he, he would want the best for the club. And if he feels that his penalties aren't the best for the club, he'll re, he'll step back and let somebody else take on the responsibility. I'm sure of that. Yeah. Well, he definitely scuffed that penalty. Just. Google, they made it so he easy for the keeper. emailed him about two weeks beforehand where he was going to go. <laughs> um, we could all see it as he was walking up to the penalty spot. We yeah. knew exactly where it was going. Exactly. I think the commentators used the phrase that he telegraphed it. He telegraphed Correct. it. Yeah, I used email just to try and get a little bit into the 21st century. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, do you guys have and uh, Jack and Joel? Do you have at your teams or uh, Arsenal is my team? But do you have um, penalty takers that we? Do you guys know who is going? Who it's going to be? I mean, it's pretty obvious at Tottenham, right, Jack? <laughs> is that Messi? <laughs> Kane. He doesn't miss. Harry, Harry Kane, yeah. Unless it's a Euros semi-final, in which case he'll score on the rebound, but. Yeah. <laughs> it's very rare that he misses a penalty. Let's be let's be honest. Like if if you want a penalty taker in your team, you yeah. want Harry Kane. I agree. He can't, he's missed a couple, but um, yeah, that, missed, that missed the now, yeah. Now that Noble's retired, yeah. he has the right <laughs> mentality yeah. for it. Yeah, Joel. So how about Arsenal? Is it is it going to be Gabriel Jesus now? Yeah, I mean last season because we kind of um, 
we got rid of Aubameyang halfway through the season. You didn't really have it. I mean, we had guys like maybe Pepe or Lacazette, but we didn't really have a set penalty taker like that. I remember Martin Odegaard taking a few in the second half of the season. But, I mean, I'm looking at that front tree, and I just think the best finisher of all of them is probably Jesus right now. So, yeah, exactly. I imagine that he'd probably take one. Yeah. Yeah, but wait, hang on, I, hang on. Wasn't it Saka before that? Wasn't I think Saka took one towards the end of last yeah, season. Yeah, all I can say is that um, it's probably not good to give Saka too many high-leverage penalties, you know. But uh, <laughs> I, I got him into my fantasy team on the basis of him being on penalties. So... Really? Wow. <laughs> Not just like, that. But you like need to do a little transfer. You need to do value, a little yeah. transfer later, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, can I make a point on that? I I don't know why Martinelli hasn't been spoken about for penalties. He's one of the most intelligent players in the Premiership right now. He's got a real good head on his shoulders, that fella. Honestly, I don't know why. I don't know why you wouldn't consider him as a penalty taker. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't mean, know. Anyway, Clive, I need to ask you about something. So, um, I watched um, one of the videos from the Hammers Hammers Chat, the Hammers Chat um, YouTube channel. Yeah. And um, they were talking about the fact that you guys had black shirts on the hottest day of the season. Why? Why was that? Who made that decision, Clive? Um, well, actually, that decision was probably made by this company right here <laughs> because they haven't released the third kit yet. Oh, okay. And our third kit is always a lighter kit than the second, the, the, the away kit. So now we have claret and blue, we have black, and we have no alternative. I always thought that black shirt is just for the referees. Historically, it was the referee who wore the black shirt, right? Um, actually, I think it was Northampton Town originally started off with black shirts. I think. I think it was Northampton Town. But, hey, you know, we're talking about, you know, pre-dinosaur era. So, <laughs> you know, um, but... Uh, you know, I, th I think the reason, uh, the only reason that we were wearing the black shirts is because, I, you know, this is too close to red and we don't have a third kit at this moment in time. Umbro still haven't released it. Okay. Call it a clash. There was a colour clash. Of course, <laughs> yeah. And you can't ask a home team to wear their away kit, which is white for Knott's Forest, I believe. No, yellow, isn't it? Oh, I don't know, but it's got to be lighter than black, surely. Right. Sounds, sounds like excuses complaining about where. Well, no, no. I mean, <laughs> listen, for me, that is an excuse. You know, I, I think that you know, you you take the cards you're dealt and you play the hands you have, you know, in life. And if you're if you're only awake, it is black, and it's you know, thirty-one degrees or twenty-nine degrees out there. Live with it. Your job. You're being paid to do it. Mm. And you're being paid handsomely. Yeah. You know, if I was being paid anywhere near half of what these guys were being paid, I, I would I would slog my guts out for it. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, that's no excuse. It's no excuse for me. Well, I think you were a bit unlucky in that match. Let's be honest. You you hit the crossbar twice. Uh, there were a lot of other chances. Then obviously the penalty was missed. So you should have won that game. 
or at least is there allowed goal that should have been allowed. I uh, maybe, but let's be honest. Like there were more chances that should have gone in. Um, how, how much? How much um, distance do you think was between Mikel Antonio when he clashed with the Not Forest player yeah. and um, Ben Rama when he? To be honest. To be honest, you could have you could have also uh, you, you could have driven a bus through that gap. That's what I'm telling you. You really could have driven a bus through that gap. So he wasn't close enough to make a also, challenge against the also, goal scorer. So like, when I was looking at it, stood. when I was looking at it, it it might have looked as interference. To be honest with you, because Antonio was trying to get into a position and he was impeded. By the Nottingham Forest player, so I mean, Therefore, I don't know. That should have been a penalty because it was inside the box. And then I don't understand. No, yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, why is it a foul on Antonio? I don't get that. Like, it made it made no sense to me. But at the same time, like, I understood why they gave it. It's hard to it's hard to explain. Really, it was a bit. It was a bit like 50-50 for me. Given both hands were at chest level. And that's the only reason it was given. Yeah, probably. probably. It was deemed as being a push. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, Joel, um, there are some West Ham fans, probably not Clive, probably not any reasonable West Ham fans, let's be honest, who are calling for Moyes out. Is this is this something familiar from last season when we, the same happened to Arsenal and some... Some of the fans were shouting Arteta out. Like, is this fair? Is this why is this happening after two matches? After everything that David Moyes has done for this club, two seasons back to back, making Europe. And then after two matches, one of them is City. There there is hashtag Moyes out. Joel, is this reasonable? Yeah, I, think, um, I think there's a lot of factors in that. One is that um, you know, ever since his United stint, he hasn't really been um he hasn't been a very sympathetic figure. You know, he's often kind of laughed at. Uh, I think the United stint, and then he went to um, one, of his Sp- one of the Spanish clubs, I forget, Rio Valcano or a club yeah. like that. Sociedad. Yeah, Sociedad, yeah, Sociedad. Um, and it just didn't really work out from there. So between those two events, he just hasn't garnered a lot of um, respect that he probably deserves. You know, I mean, he was a great manager for Everton for over a decade. And if I remember correctly, Clive will know more on this, but he was at West Ham before, like before this stint. And then, um, you know, and they were doing really poorly that season. They were in the the real relegation battle. He rescued them from that. He got them almost into the top half of the table. And then they sack him. They get Manning Claude Greeny. They spend a ton of money, and that fails too. So then they bring him back, and, you know, they're pretty comfortably in the top half of the table these last two years. So I think Moyes just, I don't know what it is with him and the fans and the club management over there, but he really has been able to garner the respect that he probably deserves, um, you know. There is a contributing factor to the question that you've asked there, Zanik, which is that in the last eight games, we haven't had a win. Last competitive games, last eight competitive games. I didn't know that. So, you know, that's it's not just Nottingham Forest and Man City, it's the six previous games that we've lost as well. Well, not lost, but we've not had wins. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I kind of understand that there will be some concern, but calling for the manager's head 
I think it's a little extreme considering, yeah. as you said there, Joel, for the last two years, we've qualified for Europe. We've never done that in our history. Two years running. Never. Two years running. We've never qualified for Europe. Two years yeah. running. Okay. So like different competitions, well. You know, different competitions and some may, you know, ridicule the um, Europa Conference League, but um, it's still European football. It's still finances for the club. It's still exposure for the club. It's, you know, it's excitement for the travelling supporters, and etc., etc. There's a million reasons to do it, and only one not to do it. And that is because somebody might go, it's only the Conference League. Well, that's, that's the what, that's what, why you wouldn't want to be there. That's what a uh, Tottenham fan would say, Jack, right? It's only the Conference League because well, we, we remember what happened last year. We had a disastrous season in the Conference League. We didn't even make it out of the group. And then our last group game was cancelled because of COVID. So we didn't even have the chance to to, to play for it. But we yeah. were quite happy to be uh, to be knocked out anyway. I don't think we appealed. I think you didn't that. appeal for that, though. Like You were like, yeah, fair enough. We don't want to be there any, anyway. So. happy to be out of it. But I think like... No disrespect to West Ham, but they haven't qualified for the Champions League, and they—I mean—they've come close, but no, we haven't. We haven't. It's a, it's a fantastic you know, season for West Ham, and you know they yeah. shouldn't—they shouldn't kind of look down. But on we them. we kind of see the Champions League as a work in progress. I mean, if we'd have qualified for the Champions League season before last, when we qualified for the Europa, um, I think we probably would have not got out of the group stages. It's just too much to ask. We got to the we got to the semi-final of the Europa League. It was the perfect competition for us. It was the perfect introduction for us to European football. We fell at the last hurdle. No fault of anybody's because it was a great game and Frankfurt just happened to play us uh, play better than us on the night on both nights. Um, fair play to them. So, you know, but we, we were still semi-finalists, you know. Um, but, you know, if, if we can't get past the semi-final in the Europa League, we have no bloody right to be in the Champions League. You know, we've got no right to be there. You know, so the Conference League is the perfect next step for us. Let's get on with that, see how we do, qualify for the Europa League again. See how we do in that. Maybe progress on from that. Maybe in a year or two's time. But there is no rush for that. No. You know. I also, I also think like it's not just about that Europa League. It's about the teams in in the Premier League. Let's be honest, and their budgets, and they are just such tough, tough opponents. And, and, you know, right? you got to remember we got to the semi-final with eighteen yeah. outfield players. That's it. Yeah. Eighteen. I mean, what can you say? It's, it's quite, quite a feat. Uh, Paul, our regular on this show, a Liverpool fan who has this booty talk channel, he has left an interesting comment. A great discussion, fellas. Shame I couldn't be here for another Declan Rice blunder. But enough, enough about West Ham United. We need to talk about the Chelsea Spurs game. So yes. that's that we need to ask Jack. So 2-2 draw, that's that's amazing, especially given the circumstances. Jack, Absolutely. you must take, you must take it. Absolutely take that and run. Yeah. We were quite poor yesterday for 
the vast majority of the game, we were really outplayed, especially first half. Couldn't put any passes together. Chelsea were absolutely smothering us in the midfield. Every time the ball came into Kane or Son, they were just you know, Thiago Silva all over Kane like a rash. And we just couldn't get couldn't get up the pitch. And um, we were quite fortunate, I think, to be one nil down at half time knowing we were still in the game, knowing that, you know, anything can happen if you're if you're just one down and um and if you have Hoybjerg. And you have Hoybjerg, yeah, you know. <laughs> um as the yeah, and then and then the second half happened and everything kicked off. But yeah, yeah even as the ball was coming to Hoybjerg for the chance, I was thinking Hoybjerg. I was like, you know, if he had fallen to Kane or Kulusevsky, then it's like oh it's Hoybjerg. But yeah, he scored a couple of. He doesn't score many, but he has scored a couple of, of important goals. Mm. Yeah. Um, but then obviously they scored very, very soon after we equalised. Um, so then you think, okay, here we go. We've we've blown it. We had the chance for a draw, and um, yeah, then the the stoppage time. Um, Harry Kane popping up. Uh, might have been uh, some some altercations in the box between uh, Romero and Kukurea before that. But yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. So, did you guys, Joel? Joel, you are smiling. So, did you see the memes? Did you see? Did you see the footage from that? So basically, Kukurela, yeah, he, you know, he has this long hair, this curly hair, and um, someone from the Spurs team pulled his hair. And nothing happened. VAR didn't go back to that. So did you see that, Joel? Oh, I see. For, was this for the um, the Kane goal at the end? No. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I saw that. Should that yeah, be? That... Should the goal be disallowed because of someone pulling someone's hair? Do you think? Yeah, it should. Is that a good reason for doing that? You see that so much. Not not exactly. Not always pulling hair, but you often see. Um, you often see like a push or something like that from the offensive players in the box, but it's just very rare that they're going to disallow a, a corner goal for that um, because, you know, they often get free kicks, but once the goal has already been scored, it just doesn't happen a lot that um, a foul from, you know, an offensive player like is going to get called, especially in the last minute of a London derby. Like I just don't think – it's not so much I don't think it was a foul as – Usually those aren't given, so I don't know if Chelsea have that much room to complain. You know? Yeah, but also with the VAR, the the VAR is not deciding if it's a foul. The VAR has to decide if it's violent conduct in order. Oh, okay. Well, that's in order not... to well, overrule the referee, and I mean, of course, you can argue you know, pulling someone's hair is, is pulling is someone's hair. You don't get more violent than that. Did you see? Like, did you see how he, how he yeah. jerked back? Like, with the, it was a, it's a strange, strange decision. Like, I can't. I, honestly, I don't have long hair. Neither of none of us has long hair here. But <laughs> Clive, can you imagine that? Like, that's. It's like that, um, that happens in in women's football, by the way, right? A lot. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, a, a few years ago. And I'm talking quite a few years ago when I was a young man. I was playing football and I did a very similar thing to a, a striker who had a ponytail. And I did a very similar thing to him. Um, and I ended up getting red carded for it because it was considered violent conduct. 
Exactly. Uh, I hadn't been carded throughout the whole game. This was in the 83rd minute, and they got a corner, and as he jumped up, I just give him a little tug. Okay. Got a red card for it and a £65 fine. It wasn't good. So Did you... Did you Clive, Clive. Yeah. Did you feel hard done by, or did you, like, looking back at it with the benefit oh, of the hindsight? They waited 17 months for me to pay my fine because I felt that hard done by. <laughs> 17 months. They threatened me with court action before I paid it. What? Yes. Yes. Because I felt that I shouldn't have been given a fine. Of course <laughs> I felt hard, hard done by. Having seen what I saw in that Chelsea game yesterday... Maybe I should have paid to find the day they actually give it to me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because that was actually not very good. It wasn't very good at all. You know, it's, not only is it not professional conduct, but it's not manly either, is it? It's not a okay, manly let's, thing let's, to do. Let's, let's just say we, we, we got away with it. We got yeah. away with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if we try to spin it a little bit, Joel, yeah, tell me, have you played football before? Like for a yeah, team? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, Why do you even wear? Why do you even have such long hair? Like, isn't this some, isn't that a disadvantage for you? Yeah, and his his hair is odd because it's it's like a mixture of Ibrahimovic's hair and David Luiz's hair in one player. It's like players like Luiz, like Fellaini, used to have all their hair on the top of their head, so it's not actually that easy to pull because it's. They're tall guys, and it's at the top of their head. I feel and like we're, we're straying hand, into... He's also a tall player. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you've got to also remember players like David Luiz, Fellaini, and them guys. None of Kral, them Alex Kral, Clive, Alex yeah, Kral. None of them have had their hair pulled. So, you know, you know, you know why you know, would Clive, yesterday's thing be any less Clive, offensive? Do you know why Alex Kral didn't have his hair pulled? Because David Moyes didn't even play him. That's why. <laughs> probably yeah, probably that's the reason why he didn't play him. Because he doesn't like... He doesn't like, doesn't like any, Bob. any, any he, players was, in his starting 11 with, with such There's nothing hair. wrong with Sideshow Bob. You leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Jack, don't you think like it could, it could even slow the player down? He's carrying extra weight, right? Yeah, I mean, there's something when I first saw him playing for Brighton, I couldn't take him seriously because of that look. His very uncommon look for for footballer, yeah. but I mean, you know, he's, he's entitled to wear it. To of course, I would, you know, I we all, all four of us, all four of us, can only dream of you know having, <laughs> having, this is, having a head of hair like that. So this is probably uh, be, this is probably why we are talking about it so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, should shave it all off. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Very good. Um, Jack, we need to talk talk about what happened between uh, the managers, obviously. So, could you could you could you tell us in a nutshell what exactly happened there? Because they got red carded in the end, didn't they? Yeah. Well, it had been building up throughout the second half because our first goal was a little bit controversial because. Basically, Chelsea felt they were foul in the build-up, which is quite some time before the goal. And uh, Conte kind of celebrated in Tuchel's face, which uh, 
obviously wound him up a little bit, understandably. And uh, when Chelsea scored their second goal, Tuchel went dancing down the touchline, uh, running into the corner to celebrate. So it was kind of building up. And then obviously when we when we scored in the very last minute, tensions were running high and then the two managers did their handshake and it was all quite childish stuff. Um, I think Conte felt like Tuchel was maybe grabbing his hand too too hard and then he wasn't letting go and then Tuchel was telling him look me in the eye and they were <laughs> just very it's very yeah very silly stuff um but you know football you can understand the passions are running high there's a lot of uh a lot of testosterone flying about and um yeah I think afterwards they 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 cooled down and they recognized that yeah, maybe they overstepped the mark, but... No, well, let's... Not, I, I want to say something. To me, it looked like... Joel, to me, it looked like... if you, I don't know if you saw it, but it looked like Tuchel was the one who, who initiated it all. And he was the one who was, like, pushing for that more than Conte. Did you feel the same way, Joel? Yeah, I mean, it seems pretty clear from the video that, um, you know, Conte was content to just, you know, um, get a kind of perfunctory, quick handshake out of the way, and then he'd go to the dressing room and Tuchel like I mean I take his point but I don't think I don't think it's a proportionate response mm-hmm. in the sense that yeah sure if you're shaking someone's hand at the end of the game it's nice if you would show that you cared a little bit about sportsmanship or whatever by looking at them while you did it but at the same time that's not really a good reason to you know in like inside a brawl on the pitch I mean I think pretty <laughs> much every player like came over all the assistant coaches I mean it was it was something you'd see more in American sports, really, than than uh, over here. But yeah, it was a hell of a hell of a dust up. I think they both got sent off at the end, which doesn't really make yeah. any sense because the game was over. But yeah, but I, I think they miss they That's they won't be able to be on the touchline for the next for the next league. Oh game. wow! To wow, me, it's, it's a big deal actually. To me, it felt a bit unfair to Conte, but that's just me. Yeah. I want to ask Clive now, Clive. So, who would win a fist fight between Conte <laughs> and Tuchel? Well, that's not a good question. Um, why would you ask a West Ham fan that question? Okay, uh, I, I, I'm claiming that this is um, a little bit of uh, needle here going on. Uh, no, um, well, to be honest with you, I got a funny feeling that Conte's got it in the bag. Yeah, he's a, bit of, a bit of a street fighter, isn't he, Conte? I think I think Conte's a a little bit tasty, mate. Yeah, I agree. But you know what I am thinking? Like, Tuchel is very, very smart. And I feel like he would have some sort of trick up his sleeve or something. He's the taller man as well. He's got the longer reach. <laughs> That's true. Um, I, I wouldn't like to put my money on either of them, if I'm honest with you. I really wouldn't. <laughs> All right. But but nice nice point for Spurs four points. Dif- I mean the first game I guess wasn't wasn't that hard like, against Southampton. But nice start, decent start for you. Yeah, one of our worst fixtures out of the way with a point at a stadium where we never win. So yeah, we'll take that. Very happy. Move on. I'm complaining. Yeah. All right, excellent. Uh, so we do have to talk about that Manchester United game a little bit, yeah. So, Joel, 
Did you watch the game, Joel? Um, I didn't watch much of the game. No, I watched the kind of initial stages and, and sort of lost interest as it became clear that United couldn't really play very well against, you know, a, a not amazing team. So, no, but the story is pretty familiar to me. And, uh, you know, I just think United really need um, almost like a structural rehaul of their whole team, which is tough, but... I don't know what else you're supposed to do when you lose 4 0 to Brentford. You know, it's um and it it's an incredible result at half-time. half-time. Yeah. Half-time. Thirty-five minutes or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's just you know, even even after last week, it's still unthinkable to me. You know, it's 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 like hmm. that really they're quite lucky because four 0 is obviously pretty bad, but if it got to five or six or something like that, I mean that would have really I mean, even in the second game, I don't even know if Ten Hag could survive that kind of that kind of scoreline. So, yeah, it's it's just incredible. But I guess probably everybody else has more to say than I do. I don't see much. Yeah, I have seen. I have heard this joke that um, what? Well, I'm gonna find it somewhere. I wrote it down. Uh, you give me one second. Uh, where am I looking? Uh, one second, guys. No, I can't. I can't see it. Basically, the joke is because ten hug. It sounds like ten hugs. So I think someone was making a joke that Tottenham. That uh, sorry, that uh, Manchester United fans they need ten hugs, <laughs> and they spelt it as ten hugs. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? Like zero points after two matches, yeah. zero points from and the matches. Yeah, that's Brighton. We're talking about Brighton and Brentford. Okay, they are decent teams, but it's not like these teams shouldn't be beaten, right? What, Clive? I, w- what I would say is Br- Brighton okay. and Brentford are exactly the kinds of teams who will do well against a dysfunctional team because they have yeah. two of the best managers in the league tactically mm. in Potter and Thomas Frank. Yeah. And they just exposed United's weakness. And sometimes it was a little bit like Arsenal at times last season when they're such a good footballing side, but sometimes they come up against teams in the past who are a little bit wily and they kind of figure them out. And yeah. Arsenal got a lot better at that last season. But United are in that position where they got some great forwards, Fernandez, Ronaldo, now, you know, Sancho, Rashford sometimes, not so much these days. But, um, yeah, they can win games just by moments of magic. But playing against well, really well-organized teams who can actually kind of figure them out. Yeah. not. I mean, of course, 4-0 surprising, but not that surprising that they, that they yeah. lost I mean, for me, it's quite shocking. Like, I wouldn't expect United so to do so poorly. Clive, where do you where do you see this? Where do you see yourself? Um, where do you stand on this? Well, on, on the um... on this situation, on the United situation, and uh... listen, okay. I, I I can't stop laughing. I've got to be honest with you. Um, I think it's really amusing that a club with such a massive fan base, probably the largest single club fan base in the world, 
and I kid you not, they probably are. Um, a, a, a club like this that have had so much success and everything else, they just cannot put two wins together. They can't even put one win together. And, and, and I find it amusing as a West Ham fan, but as a football fan, it's quite a shame, really, because they're a club with a very rich and colourful history. You know, let's not forget, you know, that they, they fielded players of legendary stature throughout their history, you know, um, and you can't ignore how important that the club is to football in general, but most of all to the Premier League, you know. Um, and it's a shame that United are having such a bad time of it, but it's great for clubs like ourselves, you know, West Ham, yep. Arsenal, Tottenham, the likes of Man City, Absolutely. Liverpool especially, you know, all, all of these clubs that I just mentioned, we've all got a wry smile on our face because this is yeah. happening. Yeah. It's football, We it's, you know, it's part of it. You can't, you can't feel sorry for them when they've had so much success in the last yeah. 25 years that we've all and had to endure. So I, no, no part of me feels sorry for and them. It's just, it's just so ridiculous that they have arguably like the biggest footballer that has played the game as well like in ronaldo as well you know like it's i know he's a little bit older now but he's still a legend right but they, and they also have I think, maybe the, the second highest wage bill i'm not sure but i mean mcguire massively underperforming yeah but <laughs> yeah. uh, so they also okay. have the highest um uh the highest viewing attendance of numbers for a televised game as well, worldwide. Mm. Uh, the yeah, highest number. I'm not sure what the number is. But the but reason people are watching them for are different now, Clyde. The reason people are watching them for now are different than what yeah. they want it to be. Okay, guys, let's do our heroes and villains of the week. That should go quite quickly, okay? So we start with our heroes of the week. All right, who wants to go first? Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. my hero of the week uh, this week uh, was Gabriel Jesus, the aforementioned Gabriel Jesus. Um, played a great game, a clean game, two goals, two assists. I could have had a hat trick, really. And I think if we had a hat trick on his left foot, it would have been a perfect hat trick because he scored. Um, I think his first goal was right footed. Yeah, it was a great, a great curler. His uh, first goal was right footed. Then a header from a corner. So I think he had a chance on his left foot. I'm not sure how great a chance it was, but if he had scored that, that would have been quite nice. You know, um, and all the Terry Henry parallels would have been dandied about. Um, my. Villain of the week. Wait, 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 wait. Just first the heroes of the oh, week. Oh, sorry. Just heroes. Just here. Sorry. I'm just going to get mine out of the way. Gabriel Jesus, exactly the same reasons as Joel. Let's not waste much time on that. Jack, what about you? I'll go with Harry Kane. He didn't do anything all game. Mr. One-on-one pops up in the last minute, rescues a draw. Harry Kane. But if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm thinking without my Spurs bias, I would, I would say Thomas Frank, the way he masterminded Brentford's demolition of yeah, that's 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 a good that's a good choice. Yeah, and what about you, Clive? 
Okay, so I, I agree with you two guys. Uh, Gabriel Jesus, he's got to be the hero of the week. I mean, two goals, two assists. You know, 38 points in the FPL. Oh, I love him. <laughs> My favourite. I like it. I like how none of us is ever biased here. <laughs> in any way, or shape, or form. Right. Villain of the week. Uh, yeah, I mean, my villain of the week is a player that I have a lot of sympathy for. I think he gets um, not quite as much respect as he deserves, but it wasn't a great week for him. David De Gea is my uh, villain of the week. You know, that was a really poor... Um, way to concede that first goal and that kind of sucked a lot of the confidence out of United and uh, kind of set the ball rolling for was a pretty ugly defeat so I think he's regained a lot of the confidence that he lost around 2018 to 2020 I think he's a much better um, keeper now and he's you know more mature and whatnot he's still a great shot stopper he's still one of the most important players but he's not a good friend. yeah okay um like Okay. Yeah, so my villain of the week, surprisingly for probably most people, is David Moyes. Um, he did galleys and waste time over substitutions. He's too... Um, he shows too much uh, respect and loyalty to players that actually aren't playing well enough to deserve it. And he bought in two exceptional players in this window, exceptional players, in Maxwell Cornet and Gianluca Scamacca. And he's given them something like 65 minutes between them in two games. So, yeah, my villain of the week. He's very conservative, isn't he? Jack, how about you? So, Mark Kukurea. <laughs> For his uh, for his for his simulation, for his dive, yeah, for his dive and, and goading uh, uh, Romero, yeah, it was, uh, I love it. I love not it. cool. Not cool. <laughs> I was going to say I was going to say David de Gea, but uh, not to repeat not to repeat the same villain. I'm gonna go for Tuchel because I think he was the instigator of that scuffle. I think it was him. I don't think it was Conte. As much as Conte has a fiery nature to him, I think it was Tuchel all along because he couldn't take what was happening. He, he just he, they were they they were the better team by far, Chelsea in that game, and you even admitted it, Jack. But every single time they had a lead, <laughs> you managed to equalize. It was just hard for him to take it. He was just a sore loser, and that's why you know with that handshake, like that was all him. That was not Conte. Okay, you don't look him in the eye or something. Come on, like that happens. That happens a lot. That you do that. <laughs> they were both winding each other up. Yeah, okay, but I, I would say well, I will go, go with you. We'll go with two. A little bit more Tuchel than, than Conte. <laughs> okay. Come on, this is the rebirth of um, Ferguson and um, Wenger, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. Um, we need this in the game. Exactly. It makes it more, more interesting. I have to say one thing, guys. This is the first time in weeks that Maguire wasn't named as one of the villains of the week. So, yep. Uh, he's getting better, clearly. 
or the others or, or again. Lech, I would Lech, say Lech. it was the Leandro Martinez who stole the limelight from him in that in that game. That's why. Okay, guys. So um, that's that. We're gonna just do about five minutes talking about FPL, and that's it. All right. I I know you, Jack. You, you told me you don't play FPL. Yeah. But feel free to stay here if you want. That's fine. So, um, Joel, how did you do? Oh, I said I don't play FPL either. Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. It's me and Linding. We're just gonna we're just gonna hear a lot of chat about Gabriel Jesus for the next five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, not just them. Not just him. I mean, come on. I mean, I had. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne and um, who else was it I had? Foden. De Bruyne and Foden gave me some great If you give me a second, I'm going to show it on the screen uh, quickly. Uh, okay. So, sharing my screen. What was your total this week, Uh Not as good as yours, I believe. It was better than the previous week. Um uh, I'm, I'm going to show you in a second. So, can you guys see this? There we go. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's look at Clive's team first. So, 82 points. That yeah. is incredible. I mean, you don't have any Liverpool players. Oh, get a clean sheet tonight. Oh, Van Dijk. Heavy, heavy, uh, heavy West Ham bias there. Uh, <laughs> you know, I have chosen three, three players from my team. Yes, yes. They, they got three points in total. They got three yeah. points in total. <laughs> no, 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 no. Declan Rice got minus one. Yeah. Oh, so they got two points two. in total. Yeah. So, imagine yeah, you didn't have these West players. All right. Have a right, look at the City players and, and uh, Gabriel. Yeah, they're the ones. Imagine, imagine you didn't have these three. How many points you could get? Uh, I, probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have even reached the average. 38 Gabriel Jesus. That's an amazing, that's an amazing yeah. haul. My brother, my brother had him as triple captain yesterday. Oh, really? Got wow. 57 points for him. Wow. Doesn't get better than that. No. Does it? No, no, no. A hat trick and three assists might have got better, but I, you know. Yeah. So I'm going to show you my points here. So I've got 56, but uh, hoping that Salah scores. Uh, Alexander Arnold, also someone who gets a lot of points normally. Uh, didn't Captain Jesus? I also had him though. I unfortunately I jumped on the bandwagon and I sold Harry Kane <laughs> after after he blanked in the first week. I sold him and bought Haaland like everyone else. <laughs> and no, 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 not everyone. I haven't got Haaland. I do. You I should do. have someone coming in for two, Aaron. Yeah, is he? <laughs> What what happened to him? Is he um? He didn't play yesterday. He didn't play. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, fortunately, Nico Williams got seven points. So I'm gonna get I'm gonna get seven points from from my defense, right? Because for my defense, because instead of Chilwell, so that's good. So I, I should have over sixty points because of that. Nico Williams is a, yeah. It's um is a is a Nottingham Forest player. Yeah. All, all I need now is for Van Dyke to get a clean sheet, <laughs> score, score a header from a corner, and be given man of the match, and I'll be all right. It's not yeah. much to ask. Yeah. No, from a player like him, minimal. 
<laughs> so, so this is the Teachers Denek League, yeah? and uh, Kahal, it's some, it's someone I worked with in Ireland. Um, he's he's an Irish guy, seventy-four points. He's strong star. But he share, he's sharing the first place with Robin, who's my private student. It's his first ever FPL season, eighty-nine points. He captain De Bruyne, and he had Hubert Gabriel Jesus and. A lot of lot of points from defense. Like everyone in defense got got points. And oh, Pope. Okay, ten. And he even had Sa <laughs> on the bench. Wow. Okay. As we said, there's a long way to go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let us let us know, guys, in the comments if you also play fantasy league, how you did this week. Um, yeah, that's it for today. Thank you very much, Jack. Thanks for making appearance in the end. Thank I think you for having me. I think there was no no you know altercations or anything. I think it went pretty peacefully. No hard feelings. No hard feelings. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. And uh, Joel, thank you too. And Clive. I think you were you were in a pub today, weren't you? Yes, yeah, I'm in the pub. Uh, 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 you know, assisted by Every single James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Okay, guys. I'm going to watch the Liverpool game now. Thank you very much for appearing on the show. And thanks to bye everyone bye. else who was watching. Don't forget to give us a like, share, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. See you Take next care. time. Bye. bye.